Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I think in terms of your journey so far, it's important to mention like the injuries because so far you're still young, but people, I don't think, see like the mental side of it in terms of going through it and stuff like that. So talk to us about that. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast and with my right hand man Dej. How you doing bro? I'm good, I'm good. Happy to be here as usual. We've got a young strike in the building that we're looking forward to like speaking about his career because it's very interesting so far and I think he's still at the start of his journey so yeah it's going to be a good chat. Definitely. Obviously, we had a little sort of technical (laughs) (laughs) beforehand, but obviously we're happy to get everything sorted in the last second. Very unprofessional from us, but yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, Before we introduce our guests, I just want to plug the socials. Follow our TikTok at TBGpod, our Twitter at podcast underscore TBG, and our Instagram at pod underscore TBG. Leave a like. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and comment below for the algorithm because as you comment, that helps us get, you know, bigger and better guests in the future. We are delighted to announce we are joined with Norwich centre forward, Adam Eder. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, bro, man. I know it's a bit of a drive coming down, so we appreciate you taking the time to come onto the point. No, we appreciate it. Yeah, man, so talk to us about this season. Um, it's been... Some ups and downs this season, I think. Um, probably not had the best of starts to this to the season, not what we would have wanted. Um, we've got, uh, obviously, we've got a new manager now that come in. Trying new time, and since then we've, we've been doing a lot better, but there's still a, a long way to go, and um, obviously our aim is to get promoted this season, and that's what we're aiming for, to, to do the best we can and push for that. Yeah, because Norwich are a team that sort of, over recent years, is an up-down Premier League Championship, Premier League. Um, this season, it's not been as plain sailing as how it's been recently when you've been in the Championship. And as you mentioned, you've had a managerial change. So how has the environment of the club been? 
to be fair, the, the environment has is, is actually been okay, you know. I think when when you're losing games, it's always going to be, it's not going to be nice around the, the training ground and things like that, but um, it's it's not, we, we've been in situations like this before, we, we know what's to come. Um, so I think all the lads are on board with what we need to do and we've got, we've got a plan that we need to go and look forward to and we're, we're all aiming towards the same goal at the end of the day. We want to get back in the Premier League and that's the big ambition for the season. Mm, because I know you had a managerial change. Dean Smith obviously went on a poor run of results and I know he sort of questioned the fans saying that it's probably at the moment better to play away than at home and that obviously ended in sort of a dismissal. But in terms of his impact on you, how would you say he helped you? Yeah, he helped me a lot. I think Dean showed a lot of faith in me. Um, you know, I think probably this time last year in February time, he started me in the Premier League and I had a run of games where I was growing confidence and scored my first Premier League goal under him. And that's when I felt like I was at my best. And unfortunately, that period I managed to get injured. But to, to Dean and all this stuff, they believed in me and they showed a lot of faith, which is, is so good for me, I think. A player like me, needs a lot of confidence and he he, sh he made me believe that so um, all credit to him he, uh, he was great to work with and it, it was sad to see him go but it's football, football change is so quick as you know so um, these things happen you just have to move on from it and hopefully you can get a, a job soon So from a personal standpoint how do you sort of like assess your season so far? Um for me, it's, it's, it's quite a weird one because I've never really been in a situation where I've had such a long-term injury. And especially when I got injured first, tore my meniscus. It was strange because I didn't really know what to do recovery-wise or I didn't do it to the best of what I should have done, I think. Um, Your recovery? My recovery, I okay, think. Okay, so in terms of... In terms of, like, I, I would come into training, like, probably not do enough gym work and not look after my knee as much as what I, I didn't think it was as serious as what I thought it was you know and especially I thought I'm 21 years of age my knee is going to recover fine like yeah. everyone says you're, you're recover. so then I came back from that and on the last session before I met up with the squad I slipped and done it again and when I found out I had to get surgery the second time the surgeon did say to me like it's going to be really serious if you don't cop on. So that's when it really hit me, like, wow, I need to, to really work out to get my knee, knee back, back sorted to what it was. So um, that probably took a big impact on me this season. and It's probably changed the, a lot of things for me in terms of nutrition, sleeping, training, recovery. I think... Um, before my nutrition probably wasn't the best. <laughs> Tell us, um, what were you eating before? But <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to go into everything. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't like my, my nutrition wasn't bad, but I wouldn't like look into it as much as what I do now. Like if there was, if someone offered me chocolate, I'm going to eat it. Like I'm not turning it down. Even if I had a game the next day, like I ain't turning down anything. But now it, it was so important for my recovery to get that nutrition right. So it did make me realise this this does help the body a lot and even things with sleep. I used to go to bed at 
What were you doing? Playing games or watching boxing? Just <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go there. There's so many little things that you need to do to to make your body right. And for me, it, it's all learning as well. I am I am still young, and you do need these things to happen to to understand what to do in the future. And I think that, that had a big impact on me this season. And well, I'm enjoying football again, man. So that's good. Mm, so I think in terms of your journey so far, it's important to mention like the injuries because mm. so far you're still young, but people, I don't think, see like the mental side of it in terms of going through it and stuff like that. So talk no. to us about that. Yeah, that's it's really tough. Mm. Um, I think when I got injured first and they say, oh, it's four or five months, in the back of your head you're thinking four or five months ain't that long, that you'll get through it easy. And it's probably the first... Three weeks to a month where you think this is going to go quick and then it really hits you where you're in the gym and you see all the boys training, winning games is a big thing. Knowing that you could be scoring goals and having fun mm-hmm. with all, all your teammates, it's it's really tough. And, and when you're injured, there is a lot of times where you do have setbacks when you're injured and people don't see that. Like You might get told, yeah, you could be back playing in three months, but something doesn't go quite as right as what you hoped it would have and might get pushed back to four months that you're out so there's a lot of other things in there where mentally it's it's challenging but that's where you just have to be strong and, and try and get through it so like what would you say was like the toughest period because we always like speak to to footballers all the time and this platform is a football podcast but it's also educational mm. in terms of advice for young players or people that want to be footballers in the future so in terms of like the mental side, because we spoke to a player in Ukraine called Viv Solomon and it was like he had a long-term injury and at the peak of that injury, he didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to get out of bed even or take a shower, for example. So in terms of like the toughest period of that recovery, what did it entail? Like, what were you going through? It's probably a lot of things, to be, to be honest. Uh, like you said there, I didn't want to get out of bed. I did not want to go try it because... I was going into training, I was doing the same things every single day. And you hear the same things every day. All your teammates, obviously they're looking out for you, but it's, how's your knee? How's mm. this? It's the same things you're hearing all the time. So it's like you get sick of, of doing the same thing all the time and you, you can't do much. You're so restricted to do anything that like you have to, you have to do certain things in the gym and you have to do certain things with the physios that you don't want to do, but you have to. It's just very repetitive and that's quite tough in your head and I literally did not want to go training and that was the main thing. I used to come in training so late, like I did not want to come in. When I got injured a second time, I kind of just said to myself, look, it's going to be, I've been through it before, I know it's going to be tough, but you just have to get through it and to be fair, it was a lot easier with my second injury because I knew how to deal with certain things and I kind of made myself a bit happier. You know, it's not the end of the world getting injured. It happens to to every footballer. So um, there are a lot of tough times, but you can't get to it. You know, there's, you can speak to so many people. That's why I did. I spoke to a lot of people on my second injury. Um, just how to deal with things. And like I said before, with nutrition, that's what I, I kind of said, look, I'm going to focus a lot on my nutrition. And it really did help because... I would go home and 
I would try cooking the, a new meal and it's just, it gives you lots of different things to do once you focus yourself on one thing. And I'm, I'm cooking for fun, but it's also benefit. Yeah, it's benefit that therapy as well, as well. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's quite, it's quite good and you do learn a lot of things when you're injured and you know, like, these things do happen. Mm, on to much more sort of positive things. Um, earlier on this year, I think at the back end of last year, mm. you signed a new contract until 2028. Mm. Talk to us about that because it's rare to see clubs maybe back a player when they're injured, especially with such a long-term contract. Yeah. So like, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Well, obviously, I was, I was so excited. It's, like you said, it's, it's rare for clubs to, to do that. And to be fair to Norwich, they're such a family club, you know. They, they do show a lot of faith in me ever since I was such a such a young age. Um, I was quite surprised, not surprised, but it was like a big shock to me that they offered it. But I knew in the back of my head I worked really hard for it, even though I wasn't training and playing. I was working hard in the gym all the time and I was doing everything right to try and get myself back to where I was. And it's they do reward you with things like that. So um, I was very grateful for them to, to offer me that. And, and for them to show a lot of faith in me like that, especially because I was injured, is, is unbelievable to me and it shows that they truly do believe in me. And what does what does the football club mean to you from a personal sort of perspective? It means a lot, obviously. Um, I come here when I was 15, I was coming back and forth on trial and signed, moved over full-time when I was 16, so Norwich is, is all I know to be yeah. fair, really. I haven't been anywhere else and... I know I'm friends with all the staff, I know everyone in there, um, all my teammates are so nice and even like fans in Norwich, like I know some fans in Norwich that I get on well with, so and it's, such a, it's such a lovely club and it, it reminds me a lot of back home, you know it's quite similar to back home and um, my family love Norwich so it, not just the club is great, the whole area is, is great so I'm loving it. Yeah so we want to talk about this season at the current moment. You started five games in a row. Norwich is sort of building some momentum. I know on the weekend there was that, you know, classical 3-2 win away at Millwall and one of your teammates scored a banger. You know, that was a crazy goal. So talk to us about how you're feeling now in terms of getting over the injuries. Uh, my, my main goal was to, to try and get as much minutes as I could after the injuries. Whether I started or not, I just wanted to, to play football again. So... Um, to start the last five games now is, is unbelievable for me. Um, at the end of the day, I just want to play football. So this period right now is, is really good for us. You know, we've oh, I think we've won the last four and drew one. So um, we just have to, to keep keep this one going. And there's what, 11 games left to go? Yeah. And like I said, our, our goal is to, to try and get promoted, whether that's do the playoffs or automatic, it's, it's to be back in the Premier League. So we're really pushing for that now. So what's the goal for you in terms of playing? Is it just to get the minutes or are you thinking I need to get X amount of goals? I want to... Or is it just getting used to like playing positionally, mm. feeling that physical output, that physical um, load of the 90 minutes? I think I set myself little targets each time. Obviously, I don't want to set just one goal because if you do reach that goal, what, what you meant to do after... You know, I think for me it was first try to get back training with the boys, try maybe get on the bench, get some minutes, then start games. And then for me, I always said once I'm playing games and I get one goal, I know I'm going to carry on getting yeah. more. But um, from, I just try and set little targets all the time. And 
like I'm starting now, but who knows, next week I might be on the bench and that's just how it is. I, once I'm getting minutes and, and being back with the boys, at the end of the day, that's all I want to do. Um, but no, it's, it's great for me to, to, to be starting games, you know, it's, um, like I said before, it's, I'm a confident player. I need that confidence boost to, to try and be the best I can be and with playing games that comes and I feel like my performances have been good and I just need to build on that and keep on going. And how would you um, assess um, David Wagner's sort of management? Because, you know, in the modern game, you always hear these managers come in, they give all the talk, they give all the gab, <laughs> they come in, they're going to do this, and then results don't go their way. But it seems like he's almost like steady the ship and you guys mm. on a promotion sort of push. So how would you assess his impact so far? It's had a big impact, to be fair. I think when he came in, he held a big meeting with everyone, not just the players, all the staff. And he said, right, this is what we're going to do as a club, not just us players. As a club, this is what we need to do. These are the standards we need to set. And I think from that moment, everyone knew, right, we need to be on board here because we do want to get promoted. And um, on the training pitch, his tactics are, are all about us. You know, I think we don't really focus too much on, on the other teams. And I think that helps us a lot once we're... Once we focus on ourselves, we've only got ourselves to blame if we lose again at the end of the day. So um, he's, he's well respected with, from everyone, you know. So he, he made a big impact on us this season. So can you go into that uh, in a bit more detail, just for the listeners, so in terms of you prepare games all about you? Like, what do you mean by that? So like let's say the meetings before the games, before we would have really focused on what the other teams were planning to do to us and not really focus much on what we're going to do to them but with him it's more we'll look at other teams and focus on where we can exploit them and where we're going to score goals and, and whatnot you know so I think it gives us a lot of belief in right we can go and do this this and this instead of us worrying what they're going to do to us so it gives us a lot of belief in the games to go and do what we plan to do. Yeah, because when I'm listening to David Wagner talk about you, he sees you almost like a project. It's like, you know, you've got the ability to be whatever you want. You've got all the raw um, abilities in terms of speed, power, technical. So when he talks about you can be whatever you want to be, what do you want to be? <laughs> Obviously, I, I want to be the best I can be. I want to play in the Premier League week in, week out. I want to play in the Champions League. I want to be... A starter for my country, you know, I want to, I want to do everything. But obviously, at the end of the day, it's down to me. Everyone can say anything to me, but it's down to me to put in the, the hard work and actually go and showcase it, you know. But um, it's a bit um, the boss. He's he showed a lot of faith in me, and he's 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 worked hard on me. You know, I have one-on-one -on -one meetings with him and the assistant about things I need to improve on and things that I'm doing well that I need to keep on doing and. I've never really had that before, so um, just little details he, he gives me that will help me so much. So um, that was really great for us, Because mm, against Millwall, I noticed you were playing out on the left. Mm. So in terms of that, how are you finding that and what sort of skills and are you developing as you're playing out in that position? Um, you know, I actually don't mind playing on the wing because uh, I can kind of my right and try and shoot. But obviously it's a different role to, to being as a striker. But um, 
I think that the tactics are the same, you know, there's not much different. You, you might have to defend a bit more than what you are as a striker, but to be fair, he tells us, go and showcase what we're good at, you know, go and take a man on 1v1 and go sprint past someone. It's not, there's nothing different with being on the wing and being up top. It's just, I'm more essentially as a striker and I'm, I'm wider on the wing. That, that's the only difference with, with it, isn't it? Yeah, because I know David Wagner, he's like a disciple of Jurgen Klopp. And it kind of reminds me of Darwin Nunes, because I know he's maybe a similar profile of player. He's like a project as well, as Jurgen Klopp always says, that listen, this boy needs time, time, mm. time, kind of thing. Do you watch Darwin Nunes and maybe see a bit of similarities? Or <laughs> <laughs> What a player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really, to be fair. Okay. I, I, don't, I just focus on myself yeah. at the end of the day. Obviously... Is the, the player that I like most probably is Lukaku. Okay, yeah, yeah. Lukaku, Dogba, things like that. I love, I love players like that. And I see a lot of myself in Lukaku, the way he likes pinning defenders yeah, and trying to bully yeah. people about. <laughs> 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 that's, what, that's what I like trying to do. You know, I don't really watch them all the time and try and play exactly mm-hmm. like Yeah, them, of course. Yeah. But I'll try and maybe base one or two things on my game that he's good at. But I want to be me and I want to do what, what I'm good at and that's all it is at the end of the day. So do you almost get into like battles with the centre-back? Because I think earlier this season we saw like Haaland with, <laughs> what was it, Ben Godfrey getting into a war of words. And all. Does that still happen quite frequently or is that something that just rarely happens? Have you ever had one of those ones? <laughs> I've been sent off to the SGA for that. But it, it's, it's quite rare, you know. I think you do have rivalries with, with some people and there's some some halves that want to get in your head but I'm quite a chill guy to be fair so I don't really give much back to him I think obviously I want to try and bully them when I'm on the ball and, <laughs> and, and try and try and score goals but I don't really speak that much on unless someone says something to me I'm gonna I'm gonna say something back but I'm not not that much into that because no. mm, like recently we've seen I would say the rise of the big sort of striker before, like Peter Crouches and stuff mm. like that, it was out of fashion. But now you're seeing, as I said, Haaland, Nunes, mm. Ramos, Portugal, yourself, you're in a mm. similar sort of elk to that. So how does that make you feel in terms of your prospects getting to the top of the game, that clubs want to invest in like, not target men, but you know, yeah. that sort of profile? Yeah, I think, um, as you know, football changes all the time and, different managers want different players for different positions, you know, and I think, I don't know if it's just, there's a lot of tall strikers that people want to go for, I think it's, it's how you play at the end of the day, you know, you could be a, a tiny striker with scoring goals week in, week out, I think it's just, at the end of the day, that's your job to score goals, so I think um, it does depend on what the manager wants, he might want a tall striker to hold up a ball to play for another striker, good at two, so um like I said, for me, I just want to play as many minutes and score as many goals as I can and who knows what can happen. So in terms of um, Norwich, Timu Puki, his contract's running out at the end of the season and you've obviously been given a long-term contract. Has the talk behind the scenes almost been like, Adam, we see you as like a long-term, a long-term number nine? Um, I don't... Like, ever since a young age, I think the... They had a plan for me was to be the number nine eventually, rather that's now or if Timu leaves, no one knows when. I think for me, I just need to be patient and, and wait for my my chance. And 
Timo has been great for the club. You know, he's the top goal scorer in the championship a couple of years ago. He scored so many goals. So I can't really complain when you have a striker like that ahead of you. And also, Josh Sargent is is there, and he's been scoring loads of goals. So you just have to be patient, I think, especially at the position I'm in. You know. Once I get my chance, then I just need to take the opportunity. And if I play, I play ahead of him, I play ahead of him. If not, I keep working hard and training because we're all fighting for the same spot and we all get on really well. And if team is scoring goals, he's scoring goals for the team and that'll help us get promoted. So we're all happy at the end of the day. And how do you how do you deal with the periods where you're not necessarily like scoring goals and it's almost like fan criticism saying, oh, Adam shouldn't be starting or Timo shouldn't be starting because he hasn't scored in X amount of games. How do you sort of like deal with that sort of criticism? Um, I did struggle with that a bit because you, you go on Twitter and you, you see everything, you know, so I struggled with oh, that. Oh, so you're active Twitter. Like, you see <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't like check it to see what people are saying, but it, it comes up like mm. you're, you're bound to see something. You might have the best game and you see one bad comment in it. It wrecks with your head, you know. <laughs> But I've kind of just learned if I'm playing well and I don't score, then what what can I do? If my team's winning and I don't score, then I'm happy at the end of the day. Even if someone said, have a bad game, if we won the game, then it must have bothered them, you know. And it, it can be tough, you know. Everyone's going to have something to say on, on social media and whatnot. It, it is tough to, to deal with, but I think you just get to a period where you don't care anymore and you just focus on yourself and the team and doing the best you can because we are human at the end of the day we're going to have we're going to have bad games you, you'll have periods where you don't score for a long time and it's, what can you do about it it's, you're trying to do the best you can I don't go in to training and games to, to play bad on purpose you know I'm doing the best I can and look it happens that's football you just have to get on with it and that's something that I've learned is all this criticism is always going to be there for the rest of my career and I can't do nothing about that and I just have to carry on doing what I'm doing. And it's important to remember in your case that it's context. You've been injured for a long time now. Mm. You're getting back into the swing of things. So if I was to ask you today in terms of a percentage, like how fit would you say you are in terms of how you're feeling on the football pitch? To be fair, I feel 100% now. You know, even... The conditioning, I feel the, the best I've ever been, and that's probably down to the fact of how I rehabbed myself on the second injury. You know, my nutrition, my sleep, everything that I've done then got me into good habits now. So that um, that has helped me a lot come back from injury. And even now, I probably wasn't the fittest person even before my injury last year. I wouldn't be. Wouldn't be good at pre-season. So how are you in the bleed test? Were you last? Or? <laughs> I haven't done that though. I don't know. <laughs> but um, oh, I feel I feel really good to be fair. You know, I think we had uh, was it three games in nine days or something uh, last week, and we was quite worried that my knee would would blow up then. But it's been it's been really good since, and I was quite surprised it stayed that way. So to me, that shows my body's fit and healthy and I can, I can play games and play 90 minutes is probably the most 90 minutes I've ever played in my career in such a consistent period so I'm, I'm feeling happy and healthy. So in terms of the knee injury is it like something that's going to have to be managed throughout your career or is it 
Um, yeah, probably it's, it's quite tough now because when I, I came back in December and I've played every game since, so I haven't had a break where I can let my knee relax and see how it is. The only time I'm going to know that is in the summer, but I think I'm always going to have to look after the knee. It's such a big injury. It's, it's always going to be in my mind and I can't just slack off and forget that this happened. I need to take care of it and still do some work in the gym and just look after after games, make sure I recover well. So it will always be there, but it happens. These things do happen. And how does it feel having like the confidence from the manager? Because you you know we speak to a lot of players behind the scenes, and they'll be like, "Oh, my head's gone." Manager doesn't believe in me. So having that belief in the manager, how has that propelled your game? Yeah, it's, it's really good. Obviously, um, it makes you really confident that you know the manager wants you to play. And, I've had lots of meetings with the manager and even if I don't play, I still know that I'm in the back of his head. I come off, I come on that 68 minute to try and score a goal and whatnot. I still know the manager thinks a lot of me, whether that's starting or not starting. So it does give me a lot of confidence that I can go out there and he knows that I'm going to try and do something for him. So um, he's been great with me and that's all the stuff he's put in. They've, they've really shown a lot of faith in me with like I said, all these meetings that I have and watching clips of myself and what I can do better and improve on just, just to help my game in the, in the smallest way and improve me on the team. So it's been great. So ever since you broke into the first team in terms of your trajectory, so are you on track for what you set out or has it been, where would you sort of, so um, if I'd said there's a 18 year old, where do you imagine yourself at 22 in terms of your professional career what, what would you say in terms of that it's quite difficult to be fair I think when you're younger you always want to play at the top you know and you don't really th I never would have thought I would have got such a bad injury you know I think there was a period where I was going up 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 and I scored a hat-trick I yeah, started in Old Trafford everything was on the rise and then you do have a thought I might not play a good game and I, that's when I see all the fans criticise me and I'm thinking what was going on I was I was the next star here and now I'm hated you know there's there's a lot of ups and downs I think um, like I said I don't focus too much on where I want to get to I think it's just like once once I train hard and, and play well then I'm going to get to where I can get to and that's the best I can be you know I don't think I want to force myself to, to get somewhere I think I put in the work, I'll, I'll get to the top. So talk to us about how you're feeling in those moments, like when you were starting at Old Trafford, you know, scoring the hat-trick away at Preston. Like how, what was it um, like being Adam Eder? The hat-trick was quite weird because I think at the time, I think we met with Doncaster and Lincoln, like the week before that. So In terms of a loan? A loan move. Okay. So I was about to go on loan, and it was only like two days before the Preston game. Timu and at the time it was Josip Drimic got injured and I was the only other striker available so I kind of knew in the back of my head I was going to start this Preston game so um, eventually we found out the team I was starting and I still got all like I'm going to go alone after the game so started the game scored a half trick and then when we came in after the game they said I'm not going alone anymore <laughs> so I was like it was really weird for me so I didn't know what was going on and then obviously we played United the week after and I started in Old Trafford and it was just like 
what is going on. Like, my life has gone from yeah, not even being to, to Old Trafford. Like exactly, like it just changed <laughs> so quick. And people used to say all the time, like, football can change really quick. And I never really had that experience, that, yeah, experience yet. And then that was the first time where I was like, wow, like, how can I be going from to go alone to starting in Old Trafford and staying with the first team? You know, and ever since then, I've stayed in the first team. And there, there has been a lot of ups and there has been a lot of downs. Like we, we've got promoted, you know, we've got promoted. That was, that was a great experience for me and, and being relegated. So, um, if you have to compare both of those feelings, for, like, how is it? Do you dwell on the promotion longer or the relegation? Um, it's difficult, you know. <laughs> it's a difficult question. I think, obviously, when you get it was difficult for us because when we was getting promoted, it was like, we still had like seven games left and we was partying. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we already knew we was going to go It was clear. And then it was like the silent relegation, you know, there gets to a period where you, you start to think, right, we're going to get relegated. So it's, it's quite tough. And I think they wear themselves out because... You get to when you get promoted. There's a stage where you kind of forget about promotion and you go about your whiffs. But when you get relegated, that might last two weeks during the season. You forget it in the summer and you're back to working in pre-season again. So obviously, it's such a high when you get promoted and it's it's crap when you get relegated. But that's just the way it is, and it is difficult. But um, you, know, you just have to, to keep on going. Um, no, I just wanted to say, speaking of promotion, obviously you mentioned it earlier in regards to potentially trying to get automatic promotion, but are you almost like looking at the league and thinking, you know what, Burnley, that's that's gone? Is it Sheffield? Are you looking at the league from Norwich to Sheffield United? Or? To be fair, we, look, we just look at it as if we want to get as much points as we can. But I couldn't tell you what how much points Sheffield are on, I don't know. I, I don't I think look it's 12 at, points between you two at the moment. Like, we... We need to win as many games as we can at the end of the day. And if we catch, if we catch Sheffield, we catch Sheffield, we catch Burnley, we catch Burnley. Who knows? The championship is mad, you know. So um, I think we just need to focus on ourselves and, and do the best we can, and hopefully we do get promoted. Mm, so like earlier on in your career, knowing that and the youth teams you were knocking in goals, and there's a period around when Jose Mourinho was manager of Manchester United, and there's a lot of reported interest. Did that actually get to you? <laughs> Okay. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. Oh, how you've it seen came. it though. Seen of course, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I've seen it. I don't know how it came about, but um, not, nothing came back to me with that. Okay, so in terms of any other teams in the Premier League, like was there talks of you going there or? Never really. To be fair, like I don't know if there's been talks or not. I've always wanted to to do my bit at Norwich, and I haven't played many games. I haven't scored many goals in the first team, and I think. I want to get to a period where I'm confident where I'm going to be starting every week and I know that I can score week in, week out. I want to get to that period before I even think of, of moving club. You know, Norwich is really good for me right now. I'm developing a lot there. I'm still really young. I've got a lot to learn, so it's the perfect club for me right now. And take us back to the very, very beginning. When did you know you had that spark for football? I don't know, because... I actually started playing football in London mm. when I was about four, I think, because I lived in London when I was a kid. So um, 
think I was about four. My mum put me in with Donna Simmons and I did not want to go. <laughs> oh, why I was screaming, crying. Like, <laughs> I, not, I, did, I don't know. I didn't like football when I was a kid. I didn't like it. So what was your sport? Did you have a sport or a hobby? Or? No, I was just chilling. <laughs> I, was just, I was still really young, obviously. I just remember my first day going football and I did not want to go. I was probably about... When did I move back to Ireland? It was probably six or seven I moved back to Ireland. Probably six. And um, I joined the local team and ever since then, from that moment I joined in Ireland, I loved football. And it was probably when I turned around... 11, 12, when I really knew that I had the potential to go to England. You, you hear, when you're a kid, you hear loads of people say, oh, you can go to England, but when you get to about 11, 12, that's when you kind of know, right, I've, I've actually got a chance, because I think at the time I was doing um, running, long jump, uh, swimming. So I you were born to be an athlete, basically. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably the age where I thought, right, I need to quit everything now and focus on football. So I was probably around, I could have been 13, 12, 13, where I quit everything and probably stuck with football. And I think that's when I kind of knew I've got the ability to move abroad and, and try and be a professional footballer. So how did the opportunity to move from Ireland to Norwich come about? Were there sort of interest from several different clubs or was it just um, Norwich? At the time, like... Back in Ireland, there's a tournament when you're under 14s, and that's what you, if you play that tournament, that's when you know all the clubs are going to be watching. So I remember just before the tournament, I was getting told, this club's watching me, this club, all this. So I, I played the tournament, and I had a coach at the time that said only two clubs came in for me. It was Aston Villa and Sunderland at the time. And I was so confused to why no other club came in when everyone was telling me, all the clubs are looking at me, so for about a year I was going back and forth to Aston Villa and I was I was about to sign there. And then Norwich so what, came in. What age what age was that? Around? It's probably 14, 15. Yeah, I was going back and forth every two weeks to Aston Villa. <laughs> I was probably for about a year. And then there's a scout in Dublin that obviously seen me and brought me to Norwich. And I think I pre-signed at Norwich when I was fifteen and at the time, he played the Victory Shield. Oh, yeah, England, Ireland, yeah. Wales, and yeah, I remember that. So, because I've, I pre-signed at Norwich, but when I when I played for Ireland, it still said my local team as who I played for. So then I had like Arsenal, United, City, Chelsea, all come in for me. But they thought I signed for Aston Villa, but I never told no one I signed for Aston Villa. And then obviously I couldn't even go on trial at these clubs because I pre-signed with Norwich. Uh, so it was, it was difficult, but turned out right. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, nice one. Nice one. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, you've been fantastic and you've spoken like a seasoned pro. Do you have any more? Um, yeah. In terms of Ireland, I think yeah. Ireland's a big sort of thing that we need to talk about. Stephen mm. Kenny, yeah. I know in his first game in charge, you were the number nine and he's someone that's you know, got big hopes for you. So how do you see that Ireland situation? No, I love it. I love it in Ireland. I think every time there's a camp, I'm buzzing to go. Um, obviously, I had Stephen at under-21s and I played my first game. I started the first under-21 campaign under Stephen and scored some goals with them and he's been great towards me. Um, showed a lot of faith in me. I haven't played game, many games at Norwich, but every time I went with Ireland, he would... I would nearly start every game, so I, I know Stephen's got a lot of belief in me and 
all the staff there and the boys there are fantastic. You know, we've got such a great team. I think we've got a young team, but um, the senior the senior boys there help us a lot, I think. In years to come, we'll have a, a really good team. So in terms of the supporters, how are you treated by Ireland fans? Um, they're good. They're good, you know. <laughs> They're crazy. You know, I love <laughs> playing in the Beavers is amazing because the, the fans are unbelievable. You know, they're, they're non-stop <laughs> the whole game. But even after games, they're, they're so good. You know, um, there's Irish people everywhere as well, so you always bump into someone. But the fans are, are unbelievable. I, I love everything about, about going to Ireland, even just meeting up with the boys. It's, it's different to Norwich, you know. I don't see the lads very so often, maybe three or four times a year that I see all these lads so it's so good meeting up with them. Mm, so in terms of last year Norwich, I want to talk about some of your teammates. Max Ahrens, he just recently mm. celebrated I think over 200 games mm. at such a young age. How is he? Because he's someone that's always mm. linked with Premier League clubs. You see Todd leave, you see mm. Bundia leave, Ben Godfrey, but he's almost Jamal Lewis, mm. but he's always like the odd one left out. You have Arsenal linked, this and that mm. and do you think he's got the potential to get to the top of the game? No disrespect to Norwich, obviously. No, 100%. I think he's got, what, 200 appearances for Norwich by the age 23. I think that's crazy. Um, obviously, he gets linked to a lot of clubs and that's going to happen. He's, he's playing week in, week out um, for Norwich. and I do think Max will get to the top. I don't know when because he has been patient. He probably could have had times where he could have left, but he stuck to his guns and said at Norwich to, to maybe, I don't know, try and get better, try and get a better club. I'm not sure of the reason, but he's been great for us every single year he's played. And I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad game. He's, yeah. he's so consistent. Mr. Reliable, yeah. Like, um, he's unbelievable. So, um, to be fair to Max, I think he's a top, top player and he, he will get to the top. So we're going to move into life outside of football. Again, as I said earlier, you've spoken like a seasoned pro, bro. Like, honestly, it's been so honest and transparent. But in terms of doing things outside of football, obviously we've been in there. You've mentioned TikTok maybe like 20 times by now. So let's start with that. Like, what do you like getting up to? Well, I think there's a lot of things to be fair. Like I said before, TikTok is, <laughs> is addictive now because it's trapped me. I need to try and, try and come So what kind of content are you consuming on TikTok? Because I know that algorithm is powerful. I don't want to know. I'm stuck in that hole. Um, no, other than that, I, I like playing golf. You know, I haven't played it in a while because of my knees, but I think uh, this this season I can start playing again now and get back into playing golf. Um, I like going for food. That's okay, what thinking. type of food? Everything. Everything. Um, what would my favourite be? I love Novikov. Okay, yeah. Um, I, like, I like trying new things, to be fair. Different restaurants. Um, I'm quite a chill guy. You know? Yeah, we can tell, man. What's, what's the restaurant that, that everyone's going Bagatel? to? Is it Bagatel? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's that's recent. It's quite yeah. a, a party. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, we're speaking to like, a footballer yesterday. And they just say, yeah, bag goes down. You look like a vibe. Yeah, it is a vibe to yeah. <laughs> There's no defenses like that, you know. Um, but I like doing everything. I like trying new things and experiencing new things. But 
whatever I can get myself up to, really. So what about your Nigerian heritage? Because when you mentioned food, I was thinking, you know, jello fries and do you still pack Nigerian food? Or <laughs> so, um, so Andrew, I'm a little daddy on my team. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. centre-back, yeah. Yeah, his dad's Nigerian as well, so... This must have been a couple of months ago. We said we want to try some Nigerian food because I haven't had it in, in mm. so long. Yeah. So um, we managed to find some shop in Norwich and we had kind of yeah. Go see soon. That was mad because I must have been like seven or eight since the last time I had Nigerian food and just to try that, it was so nice, you know. So, um, but with my Nigerian heritage, I don't really. With my dad, I don't really, I'm not in too much contact with my dad, so I don't know too much on that side, to be fair. But as I've got older, I want to see that side of Nigeria and I, I want to go visit there. So in terms of like players, I always ask in terms of investments, because football, very short career. Mm. You're earning good money. That's It's not going to last forever, mm. we know that. So have you got any sort of plans in place to sort of protect what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I think it's gotten a lot better nowadays. I think you hear stories from people years ago and an ex-footballer has no money left and, and whatnot. But I think there's a lot of help and I think when you're in the youth system, there's a lot of education to that. So um, I've got a few plans. Um, you've got people that help you with that. I'm still really young. Yeah, only so, 22 years. Probably a bit of a heavy question for now, but, thing, but it's just to start thinking that's about That's the thing. You. No, you, you do have to, even when I was 17, 18, you might not be earning as much money, but you still need to think every bit counts, you know, this this money doesn't last forever. You might only have 10, 15 years of, of running this money and you, you need to make the most of it. So um, I think even when you're a young age, you should really start thinking about what you're going to do with your money and try and put it somewhere where you can use it for for after. Because even like me, for example, I got such a bad injury. I didn't know if I was going to have to stop playing football or not. And mm. who knows if I, I, I might not have found this money ever again. So you do need to think like that because I've never thought, I've never thought of it that way. If I get injured at 21, 22, what the hell am I going to do after? I've, I've never thought about that. So you do have to, to really think about what you're going to do with that. So in terms of a message to the Norwich fans, because I know they're very supportive of you, they sort of say, Adam, either he's going to be our guy, like we've got stocks in him to, you know, over the next few years, be our main number nine. What would you say to those supporters that back you heavily? Obviously, they're very grateful for that, you know. Um, the, f- the fans do play a big part in, in the footballers' career, I think. There's a positive side and a, and a negative side, I think. You can see, um, let's say, for example, when I said on Twitter, when I said you go on Twitter and you see all the negative comments, you can also go on Twitter and see all the positive. And I know people say you shouldn't look into it, but it does give you a bit of encouragement. Yeah, encouragement and a bit of confidence that, look, what I'm doing on the pitch is I'm showcasing what I'm doing and people are enjoying it. And it it makes you feel happy, but you don't want to look too much into it and and get distracted in that that hole, you know. So, the fans can play a big part and I'm very grateful for for, for them to, to be supporting me and, and the club so um, oh, they're, they're being great we have a closing tradition on this podcast where we ask you know the guest that's experienced the full TBG experience to 
recommend a potential new guest for us to have on this platform in football. So putting you on the spot, if you had to suggest one guy in football, it could be a manager, it could be a coach, it could be a fellow mm-hmm. player, it could be a teammate, who would you recommend for us to get onto this platform? Yeah. I'm going to put pressure on you because well, we're going to be asking you. Someone <laughs> came to my head straight away. Um, first for Rob, Rob. Idoza on the Oh, the striker, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ireland international yeah, as well. I've grown up with him since I was really young. I live around the corner from him back home, but um, he'll be very good to talk to. He's, okay. he's, he's banging in the goals as well. Goals. He's, he's, such, he's a top, top guy. He's, he's a great guy. I think um, you'll love his story, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's a wrap. You've been fantastic. Thank you. No, I just thank you very much. I think thank you've been you. very transparent and open. I know you watch the content as well, so you know the format and you've done the show. <laughs> a big supporter of it, so we thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you. So we're going to leave it there. That's another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. Over and out. Peace. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.